Welcome to the Ready to Thrive podcast. My name is Jacqueline, and I don't know if you've ever felt like you are just surviving your life. I know I have, and that's why I created this space. I want to help you move from surviving to thriving. My goal is to help you get unstuck and actually enjoy your life. Each week, I'll be sharing practical tips and always point you to Jesus. So what are you waiting for? Let's get ready to thrive. Hello and welcome to Ready to Thrive. Now, before we dive into today's conversation, I want to share with you a little bit from our sponsor. Just kidding. We don't have a sponsor, but I want to share a little bit with you about my course, Tangled. Now, I don't know if you've ever taken a pair of headphones and thrown them into a bag only to pull them out later on and realize like they are so tangled. So frustrating as I'm trying to unwind the cord just to have a phone conversation. Now, I think this happens to us in life as well. We're just going along, everything's fine in life, and then something just pops up and seems to trigger us where we we feel tangled. For me, sometimes that can be in a friendship where I've sent a friend a text message and they they don't return it. And so I assume obviously they hate me. Or even worse, they send a text message back without emojis. And sometimes we can realize the ridiculousness of that situation. But other times we we're, we feel kind of a, a low-lying sense of anxiety or heaviness or jealousy or self-pity or anger. We have things that are going on and we, we don't always know where they came from or how to deal with them. And what I love to picture is my heart being like the soil um, of a garden. And there's just things that are hanging out there. There are these, really these seeds that have been planted. Seeds that have been planted by myself, by others, and by the enemy of my soul. And sometimes we just don't know, we don't know what to do with these seeds. Inevitably though, they do grow things. And We want to see good fruit growing in our lives. We want to see the fruit of the Spirit. We want peace, joy, love, hope. Those are the things we want. And yet sometimes we're experiencing other things. We're experiencing the anger. We're experiencing um, the anxiety. And so what I do in this course is we begin to pay attention to the things that are in our lives, kind of like looking at a weed, like a, a dandelion Uh, weed, if you can picture that yellow weed. And instead of just pulling off the top, we're actually going to go pay attention. We're going to follow that yellow dandelion top and we're going to actually go down to the root. We're going to say, what is there? What's been hanging out there? And then partnering with Jesus, we uproot these weeds from our heart so that We have that space to grow good things, to grow the things that we actually want to see in our lives. And so that's really what Tangled is all about. It's six weeks long, just paying attention to what's already going on in our heart, partnering with Jesus to uproot those things that we don't want to have there, and then planting what we want to see grow. If this is interesting to you, you can check out either a link in the show notes. Uh, there's a link on my website, JacquelineWidener.com as well. Um, there is a link in my Instagram bio. And my hope and my heart really is just to see women run free. 
I, once I became free from these tangles in my life, I began to walk around and realize, oh, there are, there are women who are really just coping and adjusting their lives um, in ways that they, they think, you know, this, maybe this is just life. Like I, I just have to kind of modify these parts of my life. And what I hope is through this course that women would say, actually, you know what, I'm going to identify that root. I'm going to go deal with it with Jesus and I'm going to run freely in my life. That is my hope for you. So you can check that out after you check out this conversation with my new friend, Jen Jones. I'm excited to have her here on the podcast today. Hello and welcome to Ready to Thrive. I am sitting with the fabulous Jen Jones. Honestly, it's such a great name. She is a mom of four incredible kids. She's an author, a speaker, an e-course creator, a health coach, and most significantly, the originator of TikTok Friday. <laughs> where her entire family, husband included, dance it out every week. You might just need to pause this. Actually, don't pause this. Wait till the end. I'll send you back there. Head over to Instagram to look her up. Uh, I actually first came across Jen um, on Instagram. A friend of mine had tagged her in something. And for some reason, I just, I was too silly not to follow her at the time. So don't make that same mistake. But she ended up in my DMs. We started chatting and I have loved... Um, really learning from her. You know, you have those women online who really can feel like mentors to you as they are just living their life. They're pursuing their life in Christ. And what does that look like today? And so I've really enjoyed getting to know Jen online. And we've already been sitting here chatting. I've already started crying. So I would love to hear, I'd love for you to hear a little bit more about Jen. But Jen, can you just tell me a bit about yourself? Anything that I've left out? No, you actually... You even included TikTok Friday. So, I mean, you pretty much covered it all. Um, and it's just so funny because this, even how that all began. Um, you tell me. Is this you tell, start, start as if there. That you followed me yeah. because of it. <laughs> yeah. uh, TikTok Friday. Uh, it actually started because um, 2020 and we were really home bored. And um, a friend a really close friend of mine and her family, like our families are friends and they, they did, um, blinding lights that they, they did yeah. it as a family and posted it on Instagram. And I, and, and like tagged us and I interpreted that as, Oh, it's on. Okay. We're doing a competition here, <laughs> a little family battle. Uh, and yeah. so, and my teenagers, I have kids that are 11, 13, 15, and 17. And um, they, you know, have been spending too much time on online. <laughs> and I was trying to engage there a bit because I'm like, what are we, what are we watching here? What's happening? Um, want to guard and protect as much as possible. Um, and so I had actually, so, so. They were like, yeah, that we want to do a TikTok because I hadn't been letting them do TikTok because okay. I, I was still feeling out the whole TikTok thing. Yep. Like, Is this actually, I've, um, I wanted to sort of monitor that a bit. And so they were like, yeah, let's do it. So it started like that. That's the last TikTok that our family friends ever did. <laughs> but for us, it became this Friday night activity um, and it's it's just become kind of a thing even in our home where some weeks I'll be like, oh yeah, it's okay. We, we 
uh, you know, life's picking up a little bit and we're not as free in our schedule. And I'll be like, oh, it's no big deal. We don't have to do TikTok Friday. And they're, they're like, oh, yes, we do. This is what we do. So yeah, oh, the whole so family thing. I mean, I have three girls and one boy. I'd say my boy is not, he's like, okay, cool. Yeah, no. And even my husband, while he participates um, and actually does enjoy it, um, because it's become a great place of connect for him with his teenage daughters. So, so that's part of why he even jumps in. And then we just sort of have to make fun of ourselves and it's getting easier. We're getting quicker at learning the things. So it's not taking up our whole Friday night anymore because a year of TikTok Fridays, we're getting it down. <laughs> well, I, I love that. Cause I love that it has just become this family bonding thing. And it also just shows you can connect with your family in just about any way, right? Like it doesn't have to be kind of sometimes we get stuck in these like, oh, we have family movie night. We have family board game nights. Like, well, let's try something totally new. And so I love that. I love hearing the story. I also love that the family that kicked it off is no longer doing it yet. Um, by any chance, are you an Enneagram, Enneagram 3? Um, little bit, bit competitive. Did you know that about me? No. I am a hard three. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I am a total Enneagram 3. I am like a, I'm a four wing three, which is why I already started crying today. Um, but I have that, I can sense like for me, the Easter egg hunt is not actually about the chocolate. It's just about the hunt. So <laughs> I've got that, okay. that aside. Now tell me a little bit, let's go back. Like, I don't know, 10, 15, however many years you want to go. Um, where were you? Cause I want to kind of get a snapshot of where you were then to where you are now. So what were you kind of doing living your life like 10 years ago? Well, let's go 10 because I would say this last decade has been the greatest shifts of my life. I'm 46. So mid thirties, in some ways, life was fine. It was fine. It was not, not amazing. Not bad by any means. I think it was just like, um, the life I had handed to me as I, and I embraced and accepted as good. This is good. We were, um, my husband is a pastor um, and had been our entire marriage. We've been married almost 20 years. So he was um, serving at a local church, a great local church that um, was in a community that I like loved uh, in Southern California. I had had my fourth child. And so I, I, at that, in that season, I was probably mostly home <laughs> because they, I had the kids I had, there was at one point they, when they were first all born, when my youngest was born, they were all under five. So it was a lot. They were about a year and a half apart. So I was doing that, but I had some community around me. Um, I was active in like the community and, and volunteering for different things at the church. Um, I think I was like, okay, this is, this is it. This is what we're doing. Um, did I have dreams? Of course I'm, I'm a dream. I am a dreamer. I have visions, but I, I don't think that I saw the life I've now created. I don't even think that I had the ability to lift the lid on vision to the capacity that of what I, what I have, where I am now and what I have created now and what has become now that has been that has been the journey of the last decade. So that's where I was, fine, doing good. By all standards, the Jones tribe, 
Jen, Marcus, our marriage, our family, our ministry, you know, financially, uh, we were, I thought we were doing good considering what we were doing for work. I was like, oh, cool. I don't have to like work a lot. I can do side things here and there. I got paid for some consulting things occasionally with ministry stuff, but I didn't have to go clock in for a nine to five. So that felt like, oh, cool. Um, abundance. No, I wouldn't say it was that, but it was enough. It was enough financially. My health was, um, I was, I had struggled after my fourth to really bounce back, but I, again, I kind of accepted, oh, okay, but not bad for four kids. There was a lot of like, hey, this isn't bad considering, you know, the different circumstances of our life. So that's where I was at. Well, I just want to pause there for a moment because I think, I think that's where so many of us can find ourselves in that place where it really is this mindset of like, yeah, this is, this is just how it is. It's just my life. And we could be going along for a while until we have this moment where we go, oh, maybe it doesn't have to be this way, right? So maybe whether it is with your finances or with your health or relationships, whatever it is, we often just kind of get stuck in that place until we have this aha moment, wherever it comes from, or sometimes it's actually a circumstance. Sometimes it's even a negative circumstance that pushes us out of that place um, what was it for you? What were the catalyst moments for you that really went from, okay, this we're okay here to life beginning to really change? A negative circumstance. Okay. <laughs> so, didn't didn't know that. Yes. There was a series of events uh, in the uh, role that my husband had at the church that we were serving that eliminated his role. And he unexpectedly uh, was, he was let go. He was let go, not for any other reason than, oh, we're going to go a different direction in the model of this ministry. And therefore your role does not exist. So we'll give you six months with some, with, you know, to help your family out with pay so you can go figure out what's next. And in a, in a, like, whoa, it was a crisis moment. Like we have six months to figure out what we're doing with the rest of our life when what we had thought was this is the rest of our life. So I, it wasn't even on my radar nor his that anything was changing, but I actually, um, we're not victims. I actually feel like, um, I mean, everybody's doing the best they can with what they got. So the decision was made. That's neither here nor there as it relates to in the more supernatural in, in my walk with God, it was like, oh, thank you, Lord. I probably would have continued to accept the life I had. I would have never been forced to actually think outside the box and look at life in a different way and trust him and have a level of dependence upon him that required me to actually think bigger and dream bigger. Oh, so. I feel that. And I also want to say anybody who currently is in a circumstance that you didn't choose or you don't like that sometimes that really is the the catalyst it's that fuel for change and I love that Jen used the word creativity because sometimes it's that place that forces us to be way more creative if just left on our own in a comfortable life we will do nothing we will just continue on as it is sometimes it's those hard places that force us to go okay how can how can again God will give us supernatural ideas, but really it is, it's like his supernatural ideas and strength 
but we are going to do the work. He's going to equip us to walk that out. So, okay. So you have this moment. Ah, then, then what? Then I'm hanging. What? What's the next step? I love what you just said. He, he will equip, equip us. He has equipped you where, what got you to where you are before whatever this like transitional pivotal moment is, whether it's something that you're like, I'm going to make the choice or something that has been chosen for you. Every there, all of the things up until that point are, are not in vain. They are on purpose. And I just think that the way all that I have is not all that God has. He, he has more. So am I going to put myself in a posture to receive the more, which often is either like, okay, I'm going to push you out for more, or you take that step for more because you have the awakening on your own, um, not in a crisis moment like we did ourselves. And so I actually had written a book and you and I were talking about this a little bit. I had written a book that in my mind, um, I had just self-published it in my mind, this was going to be used in our church, like where I was at, like small groups were going to do this. I wrote a, I wrote a guide to go with it. So we were at a very large church. My mind was like, oh, this is going to be so awesome. All the women at our church are going to buy this book and they're going to do it in their groups and they're going to go through this thing. And it is going to serve my local community so well and yay. And now I'm not in that local community. However, a friend um, that lived in a different state that I had known since college was like, hey, I'm hosting an event. I heard you just wrote a book. Would you come and speak? Because somehow the book gave me some sort of, you know, all of a sudden I was credible and people were asking me to come and speak, right? Uh, okay. And because she was um, out of state, known me from, you know, college and stuff, she also felt like a very safe place. So this is all God or like the Lord will lead your steps. This was not by chance. And this was with things that were already in my life from my past or things that I had currently done. And now it's propelling me into my future because in that time with her, I shared the transition we were in. I shared, I shared the financial stress. I really did share that beyond like, what are we going to do as far as well, occupation? It was what are we going to do to survive? I just had my fourth child. Like we have a mortgage. I am under dress here with this financial. And she, in that moment, kind of opened and broadened my thinking because she ran a business. And she said, have you considered starting a business? I had never, I had never. I was like, no, I, I do. I, I'm a pastor's wife. Like I, I fit into that box. We don't have to fit into any box. We, we don't like, who, who put us in the box? That's not God. God's not in a box, right? I had, I had maybe put myself in the box. It's kind of the box that I'd always like kind of known. So I was walking into this, the Lord was gracious to let me walk into the unknown, which I think we often look at the unknown. It's scary. It's um, to be feared. And I, I feel all of that. I, I was afraid. It's also exciting. It's also unlimited. And so that's what came next. I explored that idea and felt the confirmation of the Lord on me to start a business. While at the same time, my husband felt the confirmation of the Lord on him to start a church. So we begin to live our lives in the end. We were both ministers and business leaders. And that was next. And so did you know right away what 
the business was? Like, were you like, yes, this is exactly what I want to do? What was that? Uh, the business was to be, to start a health coaching. Um, it was a health coaching business. Um, I knew, I knew that I um, loved helping people get well. I had always interpreted that just spiritually, though personally, I had always um, taken care of my own health. Um, I had been passionate about being healthy myself to the best of my own abilities. I did not have a, a tool or a vehicle to serve others with. I also knew that I was all for having different tools in my belt to serve people, women in particular. This is an ongoing wish issue with so many women. I mean, this is the dark cloud that hangs over our heads almost like the second we turned 12, right? And so I was like, oh, I I get it. I could, I would love to learn more about health even for myself. So I understand the value of health. And this enables me to also serve other women in a felt need, a felt need be like that is deeply spiritual. I have only grown to understand the connections of it all. But at the time I was like, oh, this is a tool to help people with their felt need, a meaningful, worthy income generating vehicle. So yes, I will do that for business because I saw it as also serving um, people in a even broader, more spiritual perspective at some level. So yeah. Well, I love I love that you just identified, like I have loved helping people get well. Like you, you kind of paid attention to something that you really enjoyed, even if, and I know it has, and we don't have time to get into all of it, but how you have learned the depth of understanding in terms of all the ways that you're helping, all the ways that, that paying attention to our physical health affects so many other areas of our life. And so I love that you paid attention to who you were, what was already something that you were doing and something even that you were able to offer other women. I think that's something that sometimes we can forget that I love the line that it says, you know, what is really common to you, like what makes sense to you is genius to others. And so sometimes we have these things inside of us that we are not even aware of that are our skills, our gifts, our abilities, and they just come so naturally to us where we develop them for such a long time. We don't even realize other people, not only do they want that, but they need that. So I think that's a big part of us even showing up sometimes that it's, it's not even always just about us making our business happen it's really about how are we serving those people and and they need that from us so I love that and I want to dive into moving from your starting business your husband is church planting to what happened next like where did you move from there yeah (laughs) so that was 2013 so that was like what eight years ago and it what a journey it has been and I do love what you are saying. I, I, I think oftentimes um, some of our fears come from like, oh, am I going to have to do something I hate? Um, or, and sometimes you have to do hard things. We do all do hard things. And sometimes that's like, you know, we don't love every part of any job. However, I had an epiphany with Proverbs um, where it talks about delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. As I am serving Jesus, as I am more dependent on him, as I am delighting myself in him, he 
he gives me the desires of my heart. Meaning what is in my heart is of him. So that means we line up and I get to do things I like. I get to do things I love. I get to do things he's wired me for. So that's why I was like, I, I so just want to encourage people listening. Like, even if you're in a transition or even if you're ready for something new, even if you feel stuck, like everything that has got you to this point is, is not for not. It's like, it's on purpose. It's just, there's next. And next is going to be, you're going to have to learn some new skills and you're going to have to open some mindsets. And there's going to be some personal growth and development that occurs um, body, mind, and soul, but it is not going to be like, you're not going to become another person. It, you're going to become a better version of yourself perhaps, but it is not just like, oh my goodness, this is, it, it might even be unexpected. I didn't, I didn't expect to create what I have created. Like I didn't see it as big as it is, but in so many ways I'm like, oh yeah, this is actually, it was always in my heart. Thank you, Lord, for leading me and actually giving me what I need to make it happen. And so the last eight years have been a one day at a time journey. It's been a step by step and boy, we have transformed in the process. So I have always had some, uh, so both with the church and the business, we had a bit of a plan okay, I'm going to help this many people and create this much income and in the church. Okay. This is where we're going to be. And this is how we're going to, this is going to be the DNA and the culture of what God's called us to and how we will impact our city. And then we just started stepping. And sometimes I think it's like bowling with the gutters up. You, you know, at the end of the lane, yes, there's all those pins and the goal is to knock them. You see it, you know what you're supposed to do. But when you bowl the gutter eyes up, you take the step, you roll, you know, you roll the ball and sometimes it kind of pings back and forth and back and forth. It's not linear. Rarely. I mean, <laughs> rarely is it linear. Well, I don't know who you're golfing or who you're bowling with, but when I, when I bowl and with my kids, right, no. it's not linear, like, oh, full strikes every time. That's rare. What more often than not, it's just kind of pinging back forth. Is it going to get down there? Is it going to make, <gasps> yes, we hit some pins. And that has been the last eight years. It has had twists and turns. It has been a dirty cocktail of pain and gratitude, but it has always been progress. And it has always been an openness to the leadership of God and a willingness to step outside of the box and get very uncomfortable a lot of times the release of so many people's approval. And honestly, I don't even know what people were thinking, but I had thoughts that they were thinking and I had to let go of those approvals, let go of those expectations and just listen to Jesus and do what he says. I want to just pause on that one thing you said at the, at the end, because I think that has been one of, I would say my number one struggle has been the things that people are saying that they have not actually said. They have not actually said them to me, but they're so loud in my head. And often it comes from, hey, that one person I follow, she posted something about that. Therefore, she probably thinks that about me. Or this person, I heard them one time at a you know hangout and she said that about that person. Therefore, she probably... And it, we get stuck in our head or we actually do have somebody who's made a comment in passing or some they've taken something the wrong way. And really, those places can keep us so stuck. So I know for Jen, I, I really relate to this part of throwing off those 
those lies and those imaginations of things that people are saying. And the number one way I have found that that um, works best is spending time with God, hearing what he says over me. And those lies begin to fall away. It's like leaning into his truth and sometimes even being active in the process of speaking out loud. Oh, this is who I am. This is what I'm called to really confirming. Even my head needs to hear the truth and I need to really get that inside of me. So I, I hope somebody who's listening, if you, you've now heard Jen and I both say that, um, you are not alone in feeling held back by comments that may not even, may not even be real. So true. Uh, I'm with you. Like, I, I think most of the time people are not even actually thinking about me. They're thinking about themselves. So even interpreting, I have interpreted like, oh, they must think that. I don't, I don't actually know if they're thinking about me because I'm, I'm rarely thinking about someone. Sadly, rightly, wrongly, we're kind of our, our intrinsic uh, nature is to think of ourselves. <laughs> I think that's why it's like the Bible so often is like, one another before the other, lift up the other, because it's our just our natural instincts to be inward and self self focused, right? That's the whole like flesh stuff. It's like all about self, and and so that's why when we lose our life, we gain it in Christ because we're really consumed with our own keeping of our own life, and, and so yes, I agree with you. And then even the ones that like actually do say things, I've just had to get to grips with like, hey Jen you may lose some people. They aren't the right people. They just aren't the right people. And then finding the right people. And truly you only find the right people when you really listen to Jesus and do what he says, walk out in obedience, the right, he, he's good at that. God's good at that too, of divinely intersecting you with the right people that are going to, um, help you grow and become, he uses people. So he wants to bring the right people to help you grow and become, um, all that he has purposed for you. And so this is why I love how we've met because I feel like <laughs> you're my people. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Well, that's why literally as as we were messaging first in uh, the jams, I was like, it's a divine appointment. Like, And uh, and I a divine appointment, if you don't know what I'm talking about, really is just that sort of God ordained. He will put people in your life. and But it doesn't come without a cost. I think what Jen was saying as well. And and naturally relationships do change in our lives. Some, it's just a little bit more painful. It's hard to graciously let people go. Sometimes having those crucial conversations with people that just say, Hey, I, I love you. We are, we're friends. Things just look differently right now. And I think that's actually a really great way to move on from friendship. Um, and sometimes, like Jen said, the the right people will come along, but usually, like we we only have so much capacity. Usually, some people will need to probably leave our lives, or we'll just have to choose. Hey, you know what? I think I don't know if you've ever heard that quote. Like you're the the sum of the five people you hang out with, or whatever it might be. Sometimes it's good to stop and and pause and say, Hey, is my core group of friends actually helping me? be the woman I feel like God is calling me to be, right? I had a friend yesterday who sent me a message and she was just talking about something in her own parenting journey. And as I got off that message, I thought, 
her response to her kids is causing me to rise up and be a better parent. I thought I need more people like that in my life who are really digging deep in that time with Jesus, getting their cues from him. Um, They're not afraid to walk humbly, to confess, repent, all of those things. If I see people who are really growing, I'm like, those are the people I really do want around me. And, And that can actually be a really hard word because it doesn't mean we go to a friend and say, I'm I'm breaking up with you. Right. You're stuck over here. Um, but if we go, I want to shift gears quickly into the the health perspective as well. Yeah. Um, you know, if we're hanging out with friends and the, the main thing we do hanging out with them is buy donuts and drink beer, um, it's probably not going to get us towards our health goals. And so I think, you know, we can think about that in that sense as well. Um, I uh, I'd love to know, so you started your health coaching business. Your husband has joined you in that. Yeah, he has uh, 2020. 2020, another negative circumstance that has catalyzed so many of us. We had the option to allow it to catalyze us into, do I really love what I'm doing? Or man, was I even supposed to be doing what I was doing? Because, you know, we can get so caught up in the mundane and the monotony, and this is what we've always done. So when all of that was stripped, it allowed us to go, huh, is it, is it time to, to make a change? And so um, that's not really his story. What his story was he had actually made a change in 2000, at the end of 2019, thinking he was just going to be taking a sabbatical, which like in the ministry world is just a, a really long break, you know, like a 60 day, 90 day um, break. And then when, when COVID hit, he was like, his break was just coming up to an end. And it was like, oh, and I can't go back to, well, I can't go find another vocational ministry role. Do I even want to anyways? What do I want to do? And so, um, you know, he sat in that for a little bit and I was grateful that my business that I thought was just going to be some sort of like side thing to support our family in the season of starting a church actually had, um, that was not God's plan for it. God's plan. I did the work. Yes, I totally did the work. I enjoyed the work. So the combination of those two things, it, it had a lot of fruit and there was a lot of favor on it and it really grew and it did create financially, it created options for my husband to make a, a shift into a, a season of rest to kind of like figure some things out, which I, I felt honored to do that for him in our marriage. And then um, the ability to decide, like, what do I want to do? And there were a lot of parts of my business that felt familiar to him as it related to serving people and um, really leading, communicating, creating vocation for him stayed the same. It's just occupation that shifted. And so, yes, he has joined me in helping build our business and serve in that way. Um, And it is all about whole health, whole health. And we really do help people um, sort of level up for lack of a better term in the areas that impact their health. And it often is physical. Like we, a lot of times we'll start there with the physical because there just needs to be some physical breakthrough and a win in that area to even have clarity of mind, to desire to take next steps towards mental, um, mental health. And in the sense of more like, um, emotional, emotional health and a different perspective on life and then, um, spiritual health as well. Yeah. So, 
as you have coached now mm-hmm. so many people on their health journey, what is something like a theme you've noticed for people as they have had these health breakthroughs? What's something that kind of keeps coming up again and again for people? I think, um, I think the reason that people, that any of us really do get into struggle, maybe in even getting healthy, um, which is often associated with like losing weight or being out of balance in that particular area is that is because we have this mindset of lack, lack, like, I don't want to be deprived. Like, I don't want to have to, like, I, I don't want to starve. Um, I can't, I can't. It's always this perspective of lack. And the truth about physical health is nothing could be more incorrect. It's not about lack. It's actually about provision, just the right kind of provision. So I think we just often find ourselves physically unhealthy because we are, we're in this scarcity type of mindset that's about living to eat instead of eating to live because so much of our life is in lack and we often go to food or (laughs) beverage to fulfill because we are coming from a place of lack instead of like, oh no, this is about provision, just the right kind of provision. Does that make sense? Such a good, oh, that's such a good word. I think that is, that is the mindset. I think what you are hoping to do really is coach people, not just to like, hey, come lose a few pounds. It it really is this long-term healthy mindset that says how, I love how you, you phrase that really it's um, not eating to live. Sorry. Yeah. Tell me how you said it. Again. Yeah. It's not eating to live. To eat instead of eating to live. Not, yes. That girl. That's it. Not, <laughs> not living to eat, eating to live. And I think there's something that shifts when you are able to say, oh, how am I taking care of my body? How am I fueling it? And because I teach high school and I work with a lot of teenagers, I end up teaching some nutrition classes. The best analogy I have come up with because teenagers have zero concept of future consequences. Um, and the other day, yesterday, I was teaching a class before 9 a.m. It's a PE class. So we're in the gym. A girl has a two-liter bottle of Coke Zero. And uh, I come up to her and I'm like, hey. And she's like, don't worry. It doesn't have any sugar in it. I was like, ah, oh, okay. And I was like, well, she happens to be in my uh, home ec class. I was like, because I'm your home ec teacher, we're going to have a conversation about this. And my, the best analogy I've come up with is just imagine for a second your parents were going to buy you a car. You can have any car you want. And I get them to pick out like their dream car. They pick out this car and then I say, okay, the only catch is you're going to drive this car for the rest of your life. And so how does that shift how you are going to take care of this car? You might even spring for the expense of gas. Mm. And I think for me, that's been such a good shift when it comes to thinking about um, our health, even as um, women in their 30s, 40s, 50s. It's hard for us to even imagine that our, just our daily habits and choices, like how are they fueling us? How are they helping us for this um, longer life? And I know uh, we don't have a ton of time to dive into all of this, but I'd love to know what is one place someone could start today who's feeling like I would love to make a change in my health. Or I'd love to move forward in this. I think the first thing would be a little bit of awareness that so much of what you're doing is being driven by emotion. So many of the choices that we're making emotion, it just kind of wins the day right now. I mean, when we're happy, 
we eat, we celebrate and eat. When it's holiday, we gather and we eat. We're, when we're in the break room at work, we relax and eat. <laughs> when we life is tough, we soothe our souls by saying we deserve something really, a milkshake, a burger, fries, what, and we eat, we eat. And the reality is what I would love the awareness. And then I'll give some real practicals, but the awareness to be like, oh, that donut doesn't actually satisfy. I mean, it actually, the sugar does for a hot second, kind of like drugs, quick high, quick low. But the ice cream only comforts for a few brief moments before it actually leaves you then feeling regret. So then you feel regret and then it's just this whole, okay, and we cycle again. The burrito does not change any circumstances. We simply escape or numb, yeah, I mean numb for a minute only to return to nothing gained, but feeling really bloated and bad about ourselves. And so starting with the awareness, like I cannot let the emotion win the day on my choices. And then to begin making choices that actually contribute to your healing, <laughs> choices that actually serve you well in how you will actually internally feel better too. Stop eating the sugar your mind's gonna be a lot more clear, but just practically speaking, just drink water. Just go for, make a goal to drink more water than coffee or in some people, Coke Zero. More water, more water than soda or caffeine. Make choices that are like higher in protein and veggie than they are loaded with sugars and carbohydrates. And I'm not saying like no carb and all that. There's like a lot of really good things about the right. Again, all of it is provision, but if you could make a choice, you know, for the little thing of Greek yogurt instead of the bagel with butter, yay. it is actually, it's not about deprivation and like cheats. It's about some choices and you have that choice. So when you become a little more aware, it then gives you a second to stop before you just knee jerk into like, ah, grab the handful of candy. Stop, challenge that choice. Is this actually gonna make me feel better? Maybe for a second, but then I'm gonna actually regret it, which is gonna make me feel worse than the circumstance. Like it only is gonna compound the circumstance that caused me to grab for it in the first place. So challenge your decision and then choose. And then choose. And nine times out of 10, you will grab the apple because the apple well, I love satisfies and it makes you feel better. Yeah. And I love that mindset from deprivation to provision mm -hmm. and being able to really, there was a point during COVID where I was feeling so low like a year ago. And I remember this whisper kept saying, just feed yourself, like feed yourself, like almost this invitation to like make beautiful meals that were whole food and healthy. And it they felt like they were like coming to this feast to really feel feed myself, which was what a lot of people were doing last spring is they were feeding themselves, but the results were um, just getting them in a, in a worse off place. And so I think that's the invitation here really is to seek provision in our life, working on some of those I wouldn't even say like working on some of those mindsets, just spending time with Jesus and saying, hey, what is the thing right now? Psalm 23, one, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He will provide. So I love that you said seeking the Lord and the Lord created food. 
like Eden, baby, he created it. Food is not bad. It is when we eat food to solve a problem for us. That's not sustenance, but that is like to escape. When you start using food to numb or escape or soothe, be aware. Because what you were describing is feeding yourself as provision in a whole health way. That's what God created it for, not for us to abuse it and to damage our, our ourselves with it because we're, we are using it. It is our, it has become our drug of choice. Well, that's so good. I know Jen and I could chat for a few more hours and we would <laughs> if we didn't have other places to be. Uh, but I would love for you to check her out um, at Jen Jones. What's your Instagram handle? Jen Jones times four. Jen Jones times four. You're going to love watching TikTok Friday um, as well. I would actually say head over to her website, sign up for her emails. Hers are some of the only ones I actually open because I find that she is speaking right to me. And so Jen, where can people sign up for emails? JenJonesDirect.com. Straight to you. Straight talk. You'll get some straight talk. Loving, grace-filled, but straight talk. So JenJonesDirect.com. Very similar to right now where she's just speaking with wisdom and then then she cranks up a bit. She just starts that, like there's that fire. That's what you're going to get. You're going to love it. Jen, thank you for joining me today. And I trust this has helped people move one step closer to thriving. Okay. So you got to love Jen. She is full of energy. But more than that, she is deeply rooted and passionate about following Jesus. And I'm inspired and encouraged by her story. And if you want to check out more from her, go find her on Instagram or her website or her new podcast, The Significant Life. And if you're feeling like, okay, I want a little more, I'm ready to get unstuck in my life and move forward from the curveballs that life has thrown me, I want you to check out my Tangled course that I talked about in the intro. It's a short six-week course and it really gives you permission to sit with Jesus and begin to unpack the ways your heart might be feeling a little bit stuck these days. I am always rooting for you. I hope this episode helped you move one step closer to thriving. Can I just say thank you for listening? This space has been incredibly encouraging for me this past year. And as I am being deeply encouraged by these conversations, I trust you are as well. And I'm not going to ask you to rate the show or subscribe, but I am going to ask if while you are listening today, a friend popped into your mind and you thought, hmm, I think they could use this encouragement. Can I ask you to share this episode with them, with one person? When I listen to podcasts on my phone, there are three little dots at the bottom right, and I click there to share. Also, can I say sometimes I don't share with others as I'm worried about what they'll think of me if they think I'm bugging them by sharing something, but when someone shares something with me, I am never bothered. Often it is the exact thing I needed to hear. So if someone popped into your mind, click those three little dots and share this encouraging conversation with them. And thank you for listening to Ready to Thrive.